Welcome to StoryWise. This is the podcast designed to give you the in-depth story behind some of our top storytellers as a way to inform, motivate, and inspire you to believe that you too can make your dreams a reality. My name is Jen Grisanti. I am a story consultant at Jen Grisanti Consultancy, Inc., a writer consultancy designed to help you accomplish your writing goals and reach your career destination. I'm very excited to have with me as my guest today two writers from one of my favorite shows, Dexter. I have Wendy West and Scott Reynolds, uh, and I'm thrilled. I'm so happy to have you both here. Uh, let me tell you about Wendy. Wendy has had quite a career in television, starting with Gideon's Crossing, uh, Law & Order SVU, Line of Fire, Hawaii, The Closer, Kville, The Beast, and now she is supervising producer on Dexter. And Scott Reynolds started on E-Ring and then started as an assistant on Dexter four years ago and became a writer in year two and has done quite a phenomenal job. Uh, my first questions for you guys. Thank you, first of all, so oh, much yeah, for joining me. Yeah. Uh, very, very excited. You are absolutely two of my favorite writing voices on TV right now. Um, I would love to know your story of breaking in each of you. Oh, and I should tell the audience, they are not a writing team. They are two writers from the show Dexter. They, they do write episodes together, but they are individual writers. So Wendy, why don't we start with you and you can let us know how you broke into sure. the business. Um, I was in graduate school at USC and um, I started in production, kind of snuck into the writing program. Um, and um, I we had a you know cycle of agents coming through and talking to us, a um, couple from William Morris and Paradigm. And I reached out to both of them and um, called both of the agents that had come to speak to us and um, actually reached out to their assistants, which is, you know, how anything ever works. And their assistants were kind enough to tell me um, the names of agents that had just gotten promoted. And um, I sent my stuff to those two places and had a little bit better luck at William Morris. And um, the agent sent my stuff to um, Evan Katz. I had an X-File spec and Evan had his first show um, going up. And uh Evan was very kind enough to hire me, <laughs> and I appreciate it very much. <laughs> so literally, you got—I I love this story. <laughs> Number one, I love that you were proactive enough to contact an agency, have the strategy to know, ask for the young, hungry agents, and then go after it. And to hear that on your first job interview, you got the job, I mean, that's pretty in incredible. <laughs> You were going to say something? I was going to say, that's how awesome Wendy West is. That's just, she's a force to be reckoned yeah. with. That is, no, that is a great beginning. And as you said, um, uh, for, for other writers starting right now, it is a good thing to do, to go to events. and, and Absolutely. Yeah. Because you need to give, um, I think you can't maybe just call up cold, but if you meet someone like at a story-wise seminar, maybe, and, uh, you know, some of it cycles through, and then you can... You know, if you've asked a question, maybe they'll remember you. And then you can say, I was the person that asked, you know, um, where'd you get your awesome shoes? And then maybe they'll take your call and maybe they'll give you some advice. And then maybe you'll make a lot of money together. Like, that would be awesome. That so. is fantastic. <laughs> I love it. All right, Scott, tell us your breaking in story. 
Yeah, mine was a little a little different. I uh <laughs> I sort of kicked it the bottom up, you know. Uh which is fun. Um I'll just go with the T V stuff. Uh like uh who uh I got an interview on Touched by an Angel as a, they were looking for a writer's assistant. So um so I got onto that uh and I met that's where I met Bert per- Bert Pearl, who uh was someone I wanted to be He's he's a producer I sort of want to be the most like in a lot of ways. Uh, he showed us how he he was just so kind and awesome at his job, and uh, it was just so he was he was great. You know what I mean? And so I got on that show, and things were going pretty well. I even I even got a script uh, on Touched by an Angel, great. Never, but it got canceled. So my bad lieutenant meets Touched by an Angel never got produced. <laughs> Daggum it! Would have been great. Were you going to be naked? In it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to tell you who was going to be naked. But it was awesome. <laughs> And very unexpected. Um, so anyway, uh, so from there, I, uh, I, I, I met Natalie Chaidez, uh, who's a very strong mentor for me. Um, uh, she helped me out a lot and, and, and was great at telling me that my writing sucked. Because <laughs> and, there's, a, there's a tendency, I think. Which made you better. It made me better. Yeah. There's a tendency to sort of hang out with people at, at your sort of same level. Mm-hmm. And you all go, wow, I don't know why nobody likes our stuff, you know, because we're all awesome. And you need that. You need those people that go, nope, that's that's terrible. It stinks. Um, but she helped me out a lot. And it's actually a gift, isn't it? It, it is. It's yeah. holy as a gift. Uh, when you give you a script to somebody, you should expect that. If you the last thing you want is, well, oh, that was really fun read. Thanks a lot. Bye bye. You know, which um, tells you nothing. It tells but, you nothing. Yeah. And it, it just affirms a false belief in your head or something, you know. That you're awesome. <laughs> anyway, uh, many people and Scott live Reynolds in that. Is. <laughs> so, uh, so she helped me out a lot, and then uh, I got on. Well, I got on Skin, which is Jim Leonard's on. on oh, uh, really? Yeah, I was a yeah. script coordinator on Skin, Great. and Great. that was really fun. And it seemed like I was th- good things were going to happen. And that got canceled. Yeah. Um, and then Clyde Phillips. Uh, I met Clyde Phillips because of Robert Lewis, who was the is a great producer. I tell you what, yep. stud. Um. But looking at him, you would never know he was a stud, strangely. It's true. Right. Yeah. Uh, anyway. <laughs> but he's awesome. Uh, but he's awesome. So I met Clyde Phillips, and he hired me as his assistant, and I helped him with a couple pilots that, uh, that he sold. And then I got on uh, – I left from there to get on E-Ring as a, another writer's assistant. And I got that job under Ken Robinson and Ken Biller and Dave, Dave McKenna. And uh, Ken Robinson and I really clicked all, really well. Um, and I – a lot of pitches were happening in the room, and halfway through the season, something, some weirdness happened, and some of the writers left, and so they pulled me up, and I wrote two scripts on E-Ring, and I thought, here I go. I'm a staff writer on a Bruckheimer show. I am on my way. It's going to be awesome, and nothing happened. I couldn't even <laughs> get like didn't a, get a call from an agent. Did, nothing, right. Yeah, yeah. That and, is so shocking to me, but as a, I, I do feel that's inspiring for writers to hear, especially now, because it's harder now than ever it is. to get an agent or a manager, and to know that you can be a writer's assistant, get staffed, and still an agent may not come, but you can get staffed. Yes, yeah. So 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 I thought things were gonna go great, and they they didn't until I met until Clyde called me up and said, "Our writer's assistant just isn't really digging the, the material we're talking about every day. I don't know, murdering people all Yay. the time and stuff. Um, and so we need a new writer's assistant. And I know it's a step down for you, Scott, but we'd love to have you. And to which I said, "Yes, please. Let's go. You know, I mean, Dexter's phenomenal. Are you kidding me? It's a great <laughs> show. You know. So I was halfway through the first season, and I'm very vocal in the room, and Thank I God. and I pitched a lot of stuff and. Uh, 
and a lot of stuff ended up being in in a lot of the episodes mm -hmm. and uh so second season Clyde and Daniel said well let's let's give Scott a script and bring him on staff halfway through so Daniel so, another Daniel. great voice Daniel was on year one or not on year one he was year one and two year one or two so Daniel yeah. and Clyde really set the foundation for extremely so. yes yes no that that is absolutely incredible and then you had you both had the great fortune of working with another incredible showrunner and Melissa Rosenberg. Yep. I certainly absolutely know that you guys have written together and yeah. and some of the strongest episodes. So I I think it it is she's a she's tribute. amazing because yep. she's she's great in the room and she <laughs> knows what she wants. She's gonna go for it. You know what I mean? Uh, and meanwhile, while she's doing Dexter and writing all these episodes and running running the room and all this craziness, she's writing Twilight. Little movie, maybe on the weekends. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> on the weekends, she's fair time. <laughs> yeah, it has vampires. They're sparkly, and they're <laughs> and they're getting made. It's not like the rest of us are like, yeah. I'm working on a project exactly. too <laughs> about vampires. You know, um, they're getting made. You know, yeah. and they're they're getting shot and. Yeah. Amazing. She's I don't amazing. know how she did it. Uh, yeah. And uh, and did everything very well. Like everything, you know, like the Dexter work was great. Twilight was great. It's it's incredible. And Wendy, you've been on the show how long? Uh, this is my first this is my first year. Oh my god. Yeah. And you wrote the finale oh. with Melissa and Scott. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to get a sense because the show has evolved so much and I mean, it's so incredible right now. I can't even tell you that finale. We would have cut you off already <laughs> in the room. Just that's what it's like. Is that so, what it's like? <laughs> okay, it's all right. We'll continue. Sorry, I just so no. I was giving you a feel for it. You want to know what it was like, and there you go. So well, share think, with me. I mean, yeah. <laughs> what is? Yeah. Is it a bunch? You know what I like? Okay, that's a good right. sense. Exactly right. This is a very good sense. It's I true, like this. Um, in the room, is it? Now, I always like to ask this question, too. Is it a room where everybody has equal seniority as far as ideas coming out? Or is it a room where there is some politics as far as what level you're at garners how much you should say? I, I don't I we're both shaking our head. No, yeah, I, no. It feels very, uh, it's very open. Just the best idea sort of wins mm -hmm. most times. There's, you know, the showrunner pulls the trigger right on, on it. And you may agree or disagree. But then your job is to make that idea, whether you like it or not, work really well. Mm -hmm. You know. So. And do you all work on one episode and and just We're not map it out? Yes. 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 Yeah. <laughs> I guess you can't really see that, can you? That's great. That's yeah. great. And then how? And now I notice that uh, many of you end up writing the episode. Mm -hmm. So even though you're not writing teams, you it, there are several of you that end up contributing, mm -hmm. which I think is great. Mm -hmm. And Especially how does that end. work? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah. Toward the end, toward the beginning, we have a lot of time. Yeah. Everything's sort of working out really great. And you're right. like, Ooh, we, let's, let's leave early today and whatever, you know. <laughs> uh, but as it, as, you know, pressure starts mounting, we all sort of chip in on, totally. on the shows a lot more. And in a good way, though. It's great. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I know, Scott, that when I had contacted Wendy about being on the podcast, she said, you must have Scott. He is the heart of the show, which I think is a very, very big compliment and a, is a testament to your climb on the show. So I think I think that is great. What have you Wendy's learned? Wendy's a liar. <laughs> <laughs> That's very kind of you. I just want some of your dad's cookies. <laughs> 
Your dad, thanks. A, I love that. That just I, sounded really bad, by the way. <laughs> I want to be your dad's soup. Wait, that sounds bad, too. His dad's a chef. Yeah. <laughs> so. Oh, that's uh, John the caterer. There we go. Like, <laughs> good dad. plug. We that like that. Terrible. So what does dad the chef think of son the writer? Um, He... You know, truthfully, I think at the very beginning, I thought it was just sort of crazy to come out to L.A. from, mm-hmm. you know, Michigan, Chicago. Uh, but very proud now, you know. But right. but he, uh, as far as Dexter goes, he likes the stories, but he thinks Deb shouldn't have that much of a potty mouth. <laughs> because <laughs> women don't talk that way. Ta- let's talk about the potty mouth. So how, yeah, what... Fuck what? Yeah. I, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what has inspired that? Whose voice is coming out there? Well, I guess I guess Lauren Gussis is responsible for a lot of those early rewrites. Is that true? Or is that not true? Am I completely making this up? I don't know. I don't know either. Yeah, I. I she's she definitely Lauren Gussis definitely. Yeah, she at the beginning. Uh, she she right. contributed Help a lot. Help formulate the yeah. voice. I think, the, and... I think she was a sort of that way in the book though too. Right. Like the Deb character was in in the uh, the novels. Was was very very foul language. Yeah, yeah. Very oh, funny. that's fascinating. Yeah, so yeah, when yeah. you, I did, I forgot about that. So it comes from novels. Yes. So how how often do you refer? Like, do you all read? N- not like, anymore. Okay. Like we followed the first uh, the first novel pretty right. much almost exactly how it went. You know, we of course we added stuff and stretched it over twelve episodes. And, wow. And you know, some some good stuff was added through that. But after that, we went a different way. Like the uh, the books. Are you know Laguerta's dead in the books? Mm-hmm. Um, Dokes is still alive, but doesn't have uh, a tongue. But doesn't have a tongue and is missing an arm and a, and a foot. And even though he knows Dexter, I'm not gonna. It's not <laughs> <happening. Okay. laughs> there's some craziness going on. Uh, but they're great books, you know what I mean? But it's just it's so it's it's wild that there's he's gone an entirely different way and people love that way, and then mm-hmm. we've gone you know Dexter on Showtime way and it's an entirely different you know mm-hmm. people like that too mm-hmm. well it's amazing. And I, I have to say one of the things that I love the most is it feels like for each season that you have a season arc along with an episode arc which I very, I, very yeah. much so yeah tell me about that so how does that how does the construct of that all come I would say um and this is this is my experience in season four, and it's you know under the excellent excellent guidance of Clyde and Melissa. Honestly, they they are very clear about what's our theme for the season going to be. So for season four, the theme was sacrifice, and yes. it sort of was that is our overarching theme. We always ask a question, and the question was even on the poster last year: Can America's favorite serial killer really have it all? And so that was. In, in, in every episode, we kind of ricochet those themes and those ideas against that question. And then within every episode, how, you know, there is a theme of every episode and there is a question Dexter is answering in every episode just to, you know, particularly keep him active and moving forward. And, and certain kills, like in episode four, for example, when he kills um, Zoe Kruger, who murdered her whole family, it's a way for him to discover that he actually cares about his family, that he he surprised, is surprised to know that... It, this monster may be capable of love, you know. Um, because in those in those kills, yeah. it's the only the only moment that Dexter's ever really truthful with himself, yes, w- and with anybody else. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Well, um, even the evolution yeah. of his character has been so absolutely incredible. I mean, putting a human face on a serial killer who kills serial killers and making you like this man and really care about this man is fascinating and and to the extreme credit of michael hall like we 
I, I oh, mean, to watch yeah. his dailies is a is a pleasure. Yeah. Like, he is, and it, our entire cast is is super talented. But I, I, you know, he's he is brilliant. He's a god. He is. He just is. Unbelievable. Yeah. And yeah. I just, How is he doing? He's. Uh, you know, here I am. I'm actually knocking right. on wood. But you know, we're. I mean, it's hopeful. Absolutely good. Yeah. And, okay. And our, I think part of the extreme likability of this character mm-hmm. is is how he chooses the choices that he yeah. makes on a scene by scene basis. You know, yeah. he's just, I mean, he's just incredible. No, We're very lucky to be in his orbit, frankly. Yes. <laughs> you know, that's very well yeah, put. I like very that. True. I think that's great. Um, you touched on theme and symbolism, yeah. which I think is so important and also questions like I I cited in the seminar yesterday how in the finale which was so brilliantly written by the three of you uh the two of you and Melissa um how in many of the scenes you leave the scene with questions Mm -hmm. and how that sets up an Mm -hmm. an incredible Mm -hmm. amount of tension because you want to know the answer Mm -hmm. and and so I think that's great and I also think the theme and symbolism I actually had a writer from Writers on the Verge, I'm a writing instructor for Writers on the Verge who wrote a Dexter to get in mm. that was so phenomenal because of the mm-hmm. use of theme and symbolism and the episode dealt with Dexter, uh, Rita taking Dexter's favorite shirt for when he kills and shrinking it and That's giving funny. it to her son and him having to deal with how do right. I go through without my favorite shirt. And I, I, I think that's a tribute to you guys in, in the use of theme and symbolism on that show because I always tell writers, focus when you're writing those uh, those specs, focus on theme and th- symbolism because they do utilize that. Has that always been? Yeah, from the very start. It's yeah. always, we've always had to pitch a theme for the whole season and then, you know, and then answer that, answer the question that Dexter has. It's, it's been now that way season from the very start. five, what? The thing. What was the theme? Can America's favorite serial killer oh, that's sing? Right. That's and oh. do, oh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we're still we're still figuring out. Yeah. yeah, we're still figuring out season five. Okay, so oh, great. I do want to do a musical. No, I'm actually kidding. A little. So you're starting. Are you? Go- <laughs> you you can do that, Wendy. <laughs> In a very special episode that of would, Dexter. That would be interesting. The unseen episode. <laughs> and apparently, Michael C. Holly is a singer. I mean, yeah. he's a Broadway. You know, he's is he really? Yeah, he can totally do it. Oh my gosh, that's fantastic. It will never happen in this universe, but right. I do secretly have fantasies about. <laughs> that's great. Okay, with that, we are. Gonna- <laughs> We will be back with Wendy and Scott, uh, two of the writers on Dexter. Thank you. You're listening to StoryWise with entertainment consultant Jen Grisanti. StoryWise is a podcast designed to give you the story behind the people who tell stories, offering you insight on what it takes to work as a writer in television and film. Hear this and other podcasts on www.jengrisanticonsultancy.com, a full-service writer consultancy committed to guiding your vision. Uh, We are back with Wendy West and Scott Reynolds of Dexter. We have definitely covered what it is to work on the writing staff of Dexter. I would love to now kind of go into your personal journeys as far as writing in the business. Um, Wendy, why don't we start with you? As far as being a female climbing the ranks and you are a supervising producer now, which is huge, as we discussed, there are very few women who are able to get to the top level, and so that's a huge accomplishment and a tribute 
to you and your writing and your commitment and dedication. Um, I, I would like some insight as far as advice for women who are writing right now and maybe some um, stories about some rocky moments or times and how people can deal with that. Um, okay, I'll do my best. Um, uh, I think I think female or not, I think um, something that Scott also touched on that's very helpful is to find a mentor if you can and someone that will um, help pull you up. Um, and it's um, I, I just I feel like it gets you uh, to go from a ladder analogy to a football analogy. It gets you farther down the field faster. I mean, you you to have someone there that can teach you things and um, help you navigate weird waters is invaluable. Who have your mentors been along the way? Um, I think it's it's been like an like it's been an interesting search for mentors, and I think I mean this past year Melissa's been very very like this beacon of how to do it, frankly, because she is able to have different very di- she has very different lives. You know, she has a, a great home life, she has a great feature career, and she does a great job on Dexter. And it was very interesting for me to see a woman that was able to do all of those things and do them all very well. Um, so that was um, that was like a great eye opening. The balance, moment. the balance is difficult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The balance is difficult. Now, what about as far as if you? Now, it is interesting because you have been on so many shows. When you look at mentors, like say for example, I would say a lot of people experience this when you're on a writing staff and you don't feel like you have a mentor. Like, where do you draw strength from in that situation? I mean, it's a good it's a good question. I don't know that there is one answer. I mean, to the extent that you can find someone on staff that can be there for you and be there with you, actually, as you go on that journey, it's great. And to the extent that you can have a support group outside of it, it's 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 great too. I mean, I think the tricky thing about being um, a chick in the business is is actually sex. Dating in business in this business for women, like women it's never. Very I hard. hear I hear yeah. so many women say, "I don't know if this is a work related meeting right. or a date." And right. So you know, I I think you touched on some of the struggles. So but yeah. But the answer then is to be clear for yourself right. and to follow that conviction and to. I mean, in in my opinion, um, it's it's hard because you want you want everything, but if you're if you're working on something like it seems like the work put the, you know do put your nose down and do the work you know like the work always comes first and and keep things about work as much as possible. That's I mean that's been an interesting lesson to learn. And I think when you're a younger writer, you think all of that stuff is part of it, and it's actually not. Like it is about like do your research. Uh, come up with your pitches, like write great outlines, like do do the work itself, and it's, um, it's just it's a it's a hard, it's a hard thing to learn, and and to the extent that when you're in the room and presenting ideas, to the extent that, um, you, I'm not sure how to phrase this, but I'll try to say, um, like neutralize your sexuality as much as possible. I feel like you are taken uh, more legitimately quicker, and that I mean for me has been like I can tell you like how I do my hair is like a strange part of the journey. Like I used to come in super makeup and super femme, and it just in my it just doesn't help anything. Like no, and these are hard things to talk about, so no, I'm not no, sure. I'm I know, not sure how 
how to say them helpful. correctly. You know, they're very yeah. helpful. Like I've certainly had writers along the way. Certainly, when you're a beautiful writer, it is like Scott Reynolds. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is something for women to know. I've certainly I've dealt with women where I've had to say, you know, just to help yourself tone it down yeah. when you're going on writing interviews because very often, number one, women are making decisions. And so if you go in there looking like an actress, mm. yeah, it's going to hurt you. And so I think that was an excellent thing to cover. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. Scott, on to you. On to your I'm sweating. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's her other secret weapon. She sweats. I do. <laughs> I sweat a lot. Oh, she's like a nude. Look at that. <laughs> Let's hire her. You are so, I love it. You guys are great. Now, Scott, what would you say? It's interesting when um, knowing uh, that you've stayed on a show four years and knowing that you've, you've weathered a lot in this process, what have you learned along the way that you, you could share with writers who are going to start their journeys? Say, for example, what would you tell a writer who's just going to start in a writer's room for the first time? On staff. I wish someone had told me like the, uh, I think the, the, uh, what is it? It's um, I know I got something here. It's gonna come out in just a second. I know exactly what I'm it's gonna percolating. say. It's percolating. No, no, it really, it really, it's, it's right here. Uh, it's your job as a writer on a on a staff is to make the showrunner yes look awesome. Yes. That's it. If you do that, it doesn't matter. Yes. Who the showrunner is, yep. you, I, I think you'll go far. I yes. think. I mean, I'm you know I'm only like two shows in, but. Uh, it seems like that that is your job. It's not it's not to prove that your idea is better. It's not to you know, you know, push your head up against the wall against uh ideas that you're like, "Oh, that doesn't work at all." It's about I mean, you, know, you push as hard as you can, and then once a decision is made, you make that decision awesome. Yep. You know, and you make the showrunner shine. And that's your job, you know? And if you do that, hopefully when you're a showrunner, you'll 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 have people that will want to help Perfect. you shine, you know? So can I, I can I add something to that? I'm sorry, please do. No, this no, is no, us in the room, just talking over each other. <laughs> did you, I love did it. you have no, 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 I'm done. That's it. I'm not sure. It's anything your else. turn. Well, well I just anyways. I just wanted to second that because I think one thing in film school and in when you're a young writer, people are like, develop your voice, find your voice, and television writing is not actually not about all. that. Right. That's right. And that was the biggest. And I will tell you. Uh, challenges I had very early on was me defending my voice, which is not appropriate on a staff situation. Like your job is to go in there and support everyone else. And if if David Shore hired you, like your job is to do your best job for David and to uh, to mimic his voice, to mimic his and, voice yeah, yeah. as much as possible, and yeah. to write House as best as you can as David sees House, not as you see House. <laughs> so it's a it's a very I think that is the one thing I wish someone had told me as well. It's a very is the same version of that. But those are and those are great pieces of advice, quite honestly, because I think it really is checking your ego at the door and you know, on a spiritual level too, being able to let go of your ideas. If your ideas are not hitting, being recognizing this, it's not your show yet, but you're on your way to being that person. So it, it is building toward that goal, and I think that it's excellent piece of advice for young writers to recognize it's not your show make your showrunner shine your day is going to come and because it's not your show you can relax and learn how to tell a story you can relax and learn how to structure a scene how to structure an act how to structure an outline like you can actually 
you know, the other thing about TV is that there's a, there is a lot to learn. Like, there are actual mechanics, there are budget deadlines, there are ways to manage actors. I mean, there's so much to learn that if it's not your show, the pressure's off a little bit for you to figure that stuff out. And then when you're ready for your turn, you know, hopefully you'll have learned all those lessons and can apply it when you're not sleeping ever, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Um, one thing I'm, I'm, I'm very interested about, actually, you touched upon the actors, which is a good thing. I know on Dexter, you guys have had some very big guest stars. Um, what has that process been like as far as like when you have very big guest stars, does your regular cast get a little upset that their time maybe lessens or, or what goes into the thinking of we, this is who we want for the season and this is how much time we're going to give him balance or her in the balance of the story i would say the only person that gets upset is masuka very upset very raging now everybody nobody <laughs> c.s lee is, he does yeah, he's great Angry. <laughs> no everybody i think because the the caliber of actors yeah unbelievable unbelievable yeah everyone's been very excited to to, to work a, i mean John Lithgow last season four was was amazing, and yeah. the fact that that halfway through the season you're actually able to feel sort of bad for the guy, mm-hmm. despite the fact you've watched him like murder a woman in a bathtub and make another woman a mother jump off a cliff, and and he's you know telling ten year old boys to put on the pajamas. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just amazing. So I think for the most part, people are just honored to be able to work with these with these cats you know it's pretty amazing and i think somebody like lithgow like comes to a table read and if it says you know that his character sings like in the in the episode 10 when he sings the venus like like lithgow goes for it even at the table read and i think that everyone's on their game then because of it you know like um in, in addition in addition to you know their own excellent work it's you know M- miguel oh uh, yep. what's his uh, uh, jimmy smith jimmy jimmy smith was the exact same way mm-hmm. except we were all sort of at the at the read throughs, he really gave it all, which which uh, gave everyone else a, a bigger A game at the, even at the read throughs. You know, like oh, everyone really gave right. it all. So it's yeah, and it's fun too on Dexter because we all sort of like uh, we can dream big. Yeah, mm. about who we would love. You know, who'd be great for this? Mm-hmm. You know, and and you can get and there's there's a chance there's a <laughs> yeah. there's a chance that we might be able to get you know oh, Marlon Brando. Isn't that fascinating? Might when, be hard. Might yeah. be hard actually. <laughs> when we <laughs> just a little bit when we see how cable has grown. Yeah, you know, it, thank it God is, for cable. Yeah, it's fascinating because you can go outside the box. Um, I'm curious in Wendy and your whole career and Scott between the two shows you've worked on, what um, what is the favorite your favorite episode that you've written and why? My favorite episode out of my whole career mm-hmm. is um, an episode of SVU I did um, for the first season called Closure, and it's just. Um, there's something about it that was out of this. It was just an incredible experience in every way. And it was um, Tracy Pollan got, I think, the show's first Emmy nomination. And it was just for me, like, I remember um, my favorite line in the whole episode. Like, I was, I had finished my writing for the day and I, it was like 11 o'clock at night. And I went to get my car and I was pulling out of Universal. And this line just came to me. And I was like, Err! and I literally, like, stopped the car you know, put it in the little uh, golf cart parking, my little shitty Camry in the golf cart parking and walked back up to my office and like typed it in. And it, it, it was it was like one of those lines that for me made the episode and that was um, uh, qu- quoted back to me the most still to this day from different people. And it was um, that that was just a big p- place. In and my what was the line? Growth. Do you remember? Yeah, it was something about um, it was <laughs> it's, very I know. De- it's very depressing, but it's about a, um, 
it was about a woman saying that like um like av- after having survived her mother's death like she thought that was the worst thing that could happen to her and then this happened about being uh she was you know she was assaulted yeah um and uh, i don't know it was i feel like i saw that episode yeah yeah, yeah. as soon as you said that i mean it's just I so like, powerful and it was like this uh, moment and marishka just you know, yeah, knocked yeah. it out of the park and yeah. tracy tracy was so amazing and it was really the first episode my boss his wife was having a baby and it was great because he let us you know, come in and 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 be there for casting and be there for shooting and be there for editing. And it was right. really just this incredible experience for me. Um, and I, I guess we should, I don't know, I don't know, we should, I'd be interested to hear your question, your answer, and then I don't know what our favorite episode of, what your favorite episode of Dexter is. Well, probably my first episode mm-hmm. on E-Ring, you know, because I'm hanging out on set with yes. all these cats. And, and Ken Robinson, uh, who, who created E-Ring, was uh was just fantastic I, he and i wrote like our first my first episode together and we were hanging out in the subway it was more about the process totally like than the actual i mean like i'm sitting there and i'm watching dennis hopper uh say words that i wrote down you know Isn't like that amazing my head explode yeah. you know what i mean <laughs> um but other you know as far as dexter goes yeah, what's your favorite what's your favorite episode of dexter that you've written uh well it would be season Season two, episode mm-hmm. ten. J- just because I loved, I love. I love you know the season and the episode totally. number. That's well, I love right. dope. I know that episode yeah. too. Yeah. I know exactly that episode. Yeah. Um, I, and I just love that in any other movie in that episode, Dokes would be the good guy. Mm-hmm. Dokes is the the big strong lone wolf cop who knows there's something up with this with this guy that's blending in. And then, holy crap, the guy's killing people, you know. Uh, and we were able to sort of make him the bad guy. It's just. It's insane. Yeah. I no, it. I remember yeah. that. Yeah. That was great. And how about you, Wendy? What What is your favorite episode of Dexter been so mm. far? I don't know. There's something. There was something. Uh, maybe. I don't know. I like all my children equally. I don't. Um. I mean, the finale was really standout. The finale was fun. That was super fun. The Thanksgiving episode was super fun. And there was something. I guess because it was my first episode of Dexter, there was something really fun about it. Was the an episode Melissa one. and I wrote together right. about Dexter killing the cop. Yeah. Um, and I think I guess because in my career I've written about cops for twelve years, and it was so fun and such a delight. Wait, was it the cop that had not killed? It was what a cop was that it? killed her family. Oh, okay. Zoe. Zoe. Yeah, yeah that's exactly. Right. And that's right. It was just. I mean, I I loved Dexter. As an outsider for so long, and she did. She I met her at a party. Yes, like and a mix. It was a you. mixer, <laughs> and I mentioned I was on Dexter, and she was like, <laughs> "Tell me more. Tell me everything. I want to know everything See, about it." That's good for writers to yeah, know yeah. too. And then she was on staff. No, no, maybe a little. <laughs> that's that's very good for writers yeah. to know that as well. Mixers can lead to jobs. Very good. I think it was just a bar after a. Yeah. <laughs> After a WGA Same. strike yeah. garbage. Yeah. yeah. And the venting yeah. a venting session. Yes, yeah. I get it. Well well whatever however it happened, I'm thrilled. And Wendy that West it's is dead. freaking awesome. I'm thrilled. I'm, like, again, I'm paying him dead. to say that. No. <laughs> yeah, you are? Yeah. I I have a question for you guys with regards to your personal writing routine. Um, how many how many hours a day do you write? And I am always curious, when you are staffed on a show do you have time to write other things, or is it just all about the show? Well, that's why I don't. I mean, I don't know how Melissa. I mean, it's just a testament to her awesomeness that she, like, that she can do both. Because when, at least for me, Dexter is all encompassing. Like, it just it takes it, it. It can you can give it everything, and it can take it. You know, it's a good. It's a great enough show that it can actually do that. Um, 
And I, I, I'm not so do. I don't really do anything other than Dexter when when I'm on Dexter. But I give a valiant effort. You know, <laughs> I'll come in. I'll come in early. You know, right, yeah. like two hours early. I'll, yeah. and I'll close the door in my office and crank the music and I'll write for or try to write for an hour or two when I'm not looking on at, something else. Yeah, on something yeah. else. Yeah, yeah. But for the most part, Dexter, re- it really does. It, it it grips you yeah. and, and rings you out. Well, it's so complex it and is. so all-involving. Yeah. And I think it. also, I mean, we both really love the show. Yes. And so that, that helps a lot more when you are yeah. you are you really care for it, yeah. you know? Not that yep. other people don't, but. Yeah. Oh, we love it. But we <laughs> the fact that you love it really shows, yeah. I got to say. So we, we are blessed with that. I'm curious, Scott, one thing that I that you touched on that I would love to know. At what point did the agents come running? Um, it was toward the end it was toward the end of E Ring and okay. a guy a guy called me up over at uh, at Paradigm. Great. And uh, said, Hey, I'm interested in what you do and I said, Oh finally Because, <laughs> <laughs> I I mean I didn't do the same route that you did, but I would I would I sort of dumbly sent material to agencies without Without go- meeting them face to face, right? And it's huge to meet them face to face. That's right. It's, right. It's to have something in context rather than just be a stack of scripts that you have. Yeah. No, nothing to connect with it. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's great. And you're still with Paradigm? No, I'm not. Uh- <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> but you started there. But I started there. That's you right. That's right. There. Who are you with now? Uh, ICM. Great. Great. Um, and when do you, where are you at? I'm still with Anne. Oh, that's great. Uh, oh, honey. Oh, I know. That's <laughs> great. But now Anne's, Anne's not at William Morris. She's not. She's a manager now. Oh, great. Yeah, I just saw my other manager, Helena. Like, I just, it's oh, like I, I have this Helena little too. empire. It's crazy. Oh, I love that. <laughs> my trainer. Female strength. We love that. <laughs> like, yeah. From the beginning. Yeah. That's great. I mean, God, I mean, yeah. I mean, Anne. It was. I had a manager, and Anne was my agent, and now I strangely have two managers, and I. It's great because we've known each other for so. We've known each other for ten years now, all of us. So, I remember hearing yeah. that they're sharing you as a client. It's crazy. That's yeah. Thank right. God. Thank God they were both willing to do but that. But having two strong women who fully yeah. see your talent is is a great energy to have behind you. There and they. I mean, I I care for them and respect them both very deeply. So I think that's great. Yeah. Um. With regards to advice for writers, if you were to think about your entire career up to this point, valuable lessons you've learned along the way, whether it's one or two things, but if you were to advise a writer just starting their career at this point, what would some of that advice be? Um, I would say do the work. Like, you know, think of your writing I think when you are beginning writing, you're like, I'm going to go to Vermont and the snow will fall and I will be brilliant. And then that's really not how it works. Like you, It's like you have a business and you lift the gate every morning and you sit at your desk and you work. And you work and maybe you have some soup and then you work some more. <laughs> and you just show up. I guess show, so I would say show up for the work. Um, I would say... Um, uh, finish what you do. Yes, finish what you do. I don't know how That's many writers I've ever met that are yes. trying to break in. They go, they go, yeah, I've got all these great ideas and haven't finished any of them. It's really good point. Crazy. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, uh, having as many different experiences, like read as much, read the newspaper, like whatever your interest is. If you're Scott, it's black exploitation films. Like see them all, <laughs> know them all. Like I read, I read three papers every morning. I read 
books. I I see I read theater. too. I read too. <laughs> you do. But Scott loves. I don't see theater. You know what Scott does? Scott goes to the movies like three or four times a week. Like he is just he. That's I mean he has yeah. such a lexicon of stories because he just. I'm gonna see 52 pickup at the Real Grit Cinema tonight. I see? Yeah. I love that. That's what Scott Reynolds is awesome. And you guys also actually touched on. I I don't remember whether we were on or off, but you touched on the idea in the writers' room of recognizing, which I think was a great piece of advice, knowing to make your showrunner look good. Yes. Yeah. That's, yeah, that would be the other piece of advice I have is that when you're when you're on staff, like, yes, if you want your own show, go write your pilot, write on the nights and weekends, go and do it. And then when you're on staff, um, your job isn't to further your voice, it's to further your showrunner's voice. And as Scott Reynolds says much more succinctly, make your showrunner look awesome. Yep. I agree. That's it. <laughs> like that's that's your job it. on staff. I <laughs> love it. I think that's great. Well, you yeah. guys, you guys have been phenomenal. Thank you so much. Thank you for giving your time and your energy and for joining us today and giving such valuable insight to writers who are looking to break in. Congrats to both of you. Can we oh, give a thanks. little shout out to the Dexter podcast? Of course. There's a Dexter podcast. Do you ever listen to that? No. It's really fun. It's this. Apparently, I just watch movies. <laughs> <laughs> And thank God you do. <laughs> what, how can people listen to the Dexter it's on, podcast? I found it on iTunes. Oh, and it's, great. Um, it's really fun because this guy has a phone number, and people call in and tell him what they think of the episodes. And he's really smart and really interesting, and I've always wanted to call in, and I haven't. <laughs> but I just wanted to give a little Now they'll know your him. voice if you do call. Hi. Oh, oh hello. <laughs> I think that's fantastic. Yeah. Okay, so if you want to listen to the Dexter podcast, you can also go to iTunes, mm-hmm. where you can also find the StoryWise podcast. So... Please go to Storywise first. Well, they, they probably <laughs> did, right? So they're listening. So. Yeah, that's right. Please take a listen, and uh, thank you so much for joining me. And we are out on Storywise. Uh, this is Jen Grisanti of Jen Grisanti Consultancy Inc. You've been listening to Storywise with Jen Grisanti. If you're looking to get to the next step in your career and need a guide who has been there and knows what it takes, go to www.jengrisanticonsultancy.com. On the website, you can also find the latest on writing programs, feature film festivals, and other writing competitions. StoryWise is produced by Joel Metzger and Hot House Bruiser Productions. 